You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Hey, everybody, welcome in. Jim and Trent, we say hello to you here on a Friday in the capital city on the Big Talker 1700. Uh, we've got a terrific show lined up for you today. Uh, Wolfgang is going to be on the show later on uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. Matt Nelson will be here as well. Uh, we'll talk to Derek Peck on the Hawks. And we'll do – Scott Phillips is going to be on too, right? Uh, we'll do some college basketball with him. Trent, this is a this is a really good program today. Looking forward to it. A lot to get into, certainly on the local front. We'll talk some Hawkeyes. We'll talk some Cyclones. We'll dig into all of that. But, well, uh, we we start to spread our wings a little bit more at this time, Jimmy B, as we get ready to put spring football in the back burner after it finishes up over the next week. Uh, it'll be – Iowa State concluding their spring practice, though no open game, as we found out earlier this week, as uh, they are closing that because of the weather. I will be in action next Friday, and then a week from that, you and I will conclude their spring practice. But we start to look more at the national scene. We regionalize it as much as possible with baseball, with the NHL playoffs, and, and Jimmy B, this is your time of year. Right in your wheelhouse, we're on the eve of the NBA playoffs. Look, uh, this last year they were dreadful in the first couple rounds, and we everybody was talking about, can we just get to Cleveland and Golden State, please? This year, it's totally different, Trent, because there are some terrific matchups uh, in round one. And look, I I wish I could figure out what's going on with Kawhi Leonard and the San Antonio Spurs, because nobody's got a handle on it. And if that dude was healthy and playing San Antonio without Steph Curry in the first round, Spurs would definitely have a chance, really a good chance, to win that series. But I think Golden State will prevail with the dudes that they do have. But if you were going to, like, you know, kind of throw out uh, what your biggest upset would be, well, obviously that would be it in the first round. I, I there, there are some, there's some interesting matchups on how this is all going to go down, and it all starts tomorrow. Yeah, it gets going. Quadruple header both on Saturday and Sunday. A lot happening there. Probably, well, in terms of betting odds, it is the biggest uh, blowout in the series. T-Wolves against the Rockets. Jimmy B, give me a glimmer of hope. Give, Give me something. How does it happen? And we're not talking about the old days of Dikembe Mutombo and the Denver Nuggets knocking off Seattle in a 1-8 matchup. That was a five-game series. This is a seven-game. Extra games in there Mm -hmm. means more times than not the better team is going to prevail over a seven-game series. What would have to happen? I mean, Houston, they go cold from the outside. I I guess I could buy that. Minnesota's been a lot better defensive team, obviously, with Jimmy Butler back in the lineup and when he plays, they are a lot better team. And remember, before the Butler injury, you know, they were on their way to a, a three or four seed in the West. Now they're the number eight seed. Can you give me anything more? Can you give me any more hope for my T-Wolves? I've got it for you right here. Uh, there's a uh, uh, word on the street is that Minnesota is going to have James Harden and Chris Paul uh, captured 
and taken to an undisclosed island off all the coast right, of Borneo. All right, get it? Yeah, all right. Enough. Off the coast of Borneo. Enough, smartass. That's to me. All that's right, the only. Right. That's that's the only chance that you have. Jeez. The only chance. I'm sorry. I was. I I know that you're fired up. Look, I think I think the games are going to be competitive. Uh-huh. I really do, and I think Minnesota, particularly at, with that raucous crowd that they had for the Denver win in the final regular season game. I think they could maybe steal one at home. I really do. But you hit the nail on the head when you said expanded series. It's not five games. Mm -hmm. It's best of seven. And that changes the whole dynamic. And from that aspect, talent in the NBA normally wins out in a seven-game series. So Houston is why they are the prohibitive favorite. All right, so the T-Wolves aren't going to pull another 8-over-1 upset. How about Washington over Toronto? An overlooked Toronto team here as of late. I think a lot of that has to do with what happened Toronto. Their last two times against Cleveland in the fight in LeBron's, the last two times that at least I've seen them on a national scale, they crapped the bed. So here's Washington, an underachiever this season, but... You got Beal out there doing his thing, shooting from the outside. John Wall is back. In fact, they played maybe better without Wall in the lineup at times uh, throughout when he was injured earlier this year. But, again, it's a long stretch at all, but can you buy it? Could you buy Washington pulling a shocker here against Toronto? No, I'm not buying it. I think Washington is too fragile of a team. I think Toronto, aside from Cleveland, Toronto can beat anybody else. They handle the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. They've handled the, the uh, Washington, the Wizards. Uh, they they are a very good team. This will be, I believe, their third opportunity to try to get to the NBA Finals. They always get stopped by Cleveland. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when Michael Jordan, when the Bulls got good, and Jordan couldn't get past the Detroit Pistons. This is kind of like the same sort of scenario. Bulls would make it to the conference finals. Detroit would beat them. And Jordan would be denied, denied, denied. Then finally, they were able to break through. I'm not sure that this is the year that Toronto will break through to get past Cleveland. But I'm damn sure that they're going to take care of business against Washington. So they'll be moving on, and we'll see Cleveland-Toronto in the semifinals. I think I'm, I'm with you on that one. I can buy it. All right, Jimmy B., we'll talk some more NBA later in the program today. But, all right, get out your, uh, well, your alert bracelet right now and hit it because it's time to freak out. You ready to freak out, Jim Brinson? Um, listen, that's one of the things I do. Chic, la freak. I love that song. Is that what you're talking about? Not, not so much. but Oh, the, okay. The Cubs are down again. Cubs are down <laughs> four nothing. They're playing in the bottom, playing in the bottom of the eighth inning to the Braves. Yeah. So we're off to a decent start here, but the bats, the bats uh, didn't make uh, it to Wrigley Field today. Just three hits off of Annabelle Sanchez got the start today for the Braves. But more importantly, you Darvish got roughed up again. You Darvish, yeah. the big free agent acquisition, comes over after uh, running the World Series, couldn't find his command. Gives up nine hits today in four and two-thirds, but maybe more concerning, also walked four. His ERA now sits at six as we go through three starts of the season. I'm a little bit concerned right now with you, Darvish. I know you know everything that we throw out there. It's early. 
We're talking about the beginning portion here, but you, Darvish, after last year tipping pitches in the World Series, he has not looked good this year. No, he has not, and that was one of the concerns that a lot of people had when the Cubs went out and spent big bucks on him. So is he going to turn into a reliable starter? We don't know that yet, but it sure has been dismal for you, Darvish, uh, in his first three appearances. Look, he got roughed up today by an Atlanta Braves team. And people will say, well, God, how can this happen? The Braves are terrible. No, they're not like Miami. They're not like that terrible. They have some good young talent, and they're going to be in the hunt at least for maybe the first four or five months of the season. Look, one of the things that is so unique about baseball, and I learned this from you, Trent, is that even if you're a bad team, you can have a winning streak. It happens in baseball. It happens in baseball more than the NHL or the NBA or in the NFL just because it's the nature of the game. And it took me a while for that to sink in, and you kept pounding it into my brain, and finally it uh, probably took me a few years. I finally picked up on it. But you're right. You're absolutely right. It's the nature of the beast. So you can see the Cubs, you know, plot along just like they did last year. I mean, this is nothing new. We saw this last year. And then they hit the switch late in the season and then pulled away to finally get into the playoffs. Yeah, they, Look, had, they had a losing record in July. I mean, going into July, yeah, half, yes. over halfway through the year, they were under yeah. 500, and, and they could do that. Here, here's, though, why maybe I'm a little bit disappointed with the Cubs and, and this, okay. this start. Because last year, you could chalk it up to the World Series hangover, and I think that was a big component of it. You come on, first World Championship since 1908, you are... You are the stalwarts of Chicago. You are beloved wherever you go and, and everything that goes into it. It's a long off season that, that is shortened suddenly because of the run that you went to all the way to November and finishing that thing out. And, it, and it's hard to get things kind of ramped back up. But after last year's disappointment, getting knocked off by the Dodgers and the NLCS, I, I really believed that we were going to see a hungry team, a team from game number one that was going to be locked in and ready to fire and that just hasn't been the case. You look at the offense right now, and outside of Chris Bryant, there's just a bunch of guys that are scuffling. You know, Ian Happ hit that home run on opening day, and since then, he's been bad. He's hitting 225. Hayward, we're seeing no improvement there. Russell, yep. now Baez had a hot couple of days, but before that, he had been terrible. And still, even with that, his batting average is under 200 on the year. His on base is at 320. These guys are really struggling here. And you couple that. You mentioned you, Darvish, and just, you know, can he be a solid pitcher? Jimmy B., they didn't give him that contract to be a solid pitcher. They gave right. him that contract to become what John Lester was when they initially brought him in. The ace, the guy at the top of the staff, the guy that you know in game number one in a playoff series, you're confident could go out there and give you seven strong. In a game seven, you'll roll him out there, and he's going to win you that baseball game. That's why you bring in you, Darvish. That's why you command five years and $120 million because that's what you expect. They're getting nothing close to that. The offense has had some problems right now. Again, I get it's early, but I'm just disappointed. I expected a better start out of this Cubs team. I'm sure that most of the fans did too as well, Trent. Uh, I'm I'm sure they didn't uh, sign up to have it look like what it was last year, where they just, you know, kind of trudged around and they were below 500, as you stated, when we were in July. 
So this is, uh, I, I think, really more difficult this year maybe to handle it by Cubs fans, thinking, okay, when the weather gets warmer and they'll start to kick it into gear. I don't know. We know what talent's on that team. We've seen that talent. Hell, we saw all that talent when it was in Des Moines. So from that standpoint, there's no reason why this team should not be above 500. Even if you're scuffling, they have enough talent to stay above 500. I mean, golly, if you're 8-6, and six, okay, you're not great, but you're above 500. This team isn't. And now you're getting beat by Atlanta in your home park. And you just cannot give games away on your home field. Look, Major League Baseball home field, it's not the same as what it is in the NBA for home court or what it is in the National Football League in your home stadium for home field. It's just different. It's, it's, it's a different atmosphere, and it really doesn't get truly exciting until you get to the Major League Baseball playoffs because there are so many games that have to be played. But I'm I'm with you. I just I think it's very disappointing right now with the money that was shelled out and right now the playing of the Cubs. Little more, uh, one more baseball note. In fact, two baseball notes. The Twins uh, have been postponed their game yep. tonight with the wintry conditions up north against the White Sox. You look around baseball. There's teams that have played 13, 14 games already. The the Twins at seven and four. They're going to have a lot of makeup days in front of them, and it looks like tomorrow. Probably even a, a less of a chance of them playing their game up at Target Field against the White Sox. And Iowa, they're over in Nebraska right now. The Hawkeyes taking on the Cornhuskers in a three-game series, a doubleheader today. And then uh, the third game will be either Saturday or Sunday, depending on the weather in Lincoln. The Hawkeyes out to a 3-1 to one lead, though, in that one as they play in the bottom of the seventh inning. Again, this Iowa team has got off to a nice start in Big Ten play, played three of probably the top four teams in the Big Ten and uh, have a winning record at this point. One, two of those series, split their other one with Indiana. Hawkeyes off to a good start, maybe a return trip back to the NCAA tournament for the third time in four years. Big series for the Hawks as uh, we keep an eye on that one. With the Cornhuskers going on right now, they move to the eighth inning, Iowa, out to a 3-1 to one lead. We'll take a timeout here, Jim. You ready to talk a little Cyclones? Let's go for it. Uh, look, I'm disappointed there's no game tomorrow, but with the weather, uh, I get it. But I'm yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, I know Matt Nelson's coming up. Uh, he'll join us coming up right after the break, right here on the Big Talker 1700. Hey, it's Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney. We are Tiki and Tierney, giving you the big scoop on all the games. Afternoons on the Big Talker 1700 KBGG. Boom. Hey, guys, Nate Adams. Buying jewelry can be scary. When I was ready to propose, I went online first. But then I stopped by Christopher's Fine Jewelry. Christine showed me the four C's and helped me understand what I was buying. I got a ring that my wife loves to this day and a relationship with a local jeweler that is so important. If you're ready to propose, go to Christopher's today. Special engagement pricing going on now through April 30th. Learn more at Christopher'sJewelry.com. Sponsored by your neighborhood Ace. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. It's also the place for national brands like Scott's and miracle Grow And local expertise to help you grow the lawn and garden you've always wanted. Only at Ace, the helpful place. How do you Friday? Whether you're trying to firm up, slim down, feel better, or simply take a break, Smoothie King has the smoothie for you. And with our $5 Fridays, you can Friday with a purpose. 
32-ounce smoothies are just $5, and 32-ounce meal replacements are just $6. All blends, all flavors, all Friday. So how do you Friday? Friday like a king. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Participating locations, some restrictions may apply. You can't print invoices without ink. You can't print status reports, spreadsheets, or that report due in 12 minutes without ink. No, you can't print anything without ink. Luckily, Staples has a huge selection of ink and toner in stock and at great prices every day. This week only, buy one HP ink at Staples and get a second 30% off. So stock up now because you can't afford to run out of ink. Ends 4 14 18. See store associate or staples.com for details. Restrictions may apply. You can't print invoices without ink. You can't print status reports, spreadsheets, or that report due in 12 minutes without ink. No, you can't print anything without ink. Luckily, Staples has a huge selection of ink and toner in stock and at great prices every day. This week only, buy one HP ink at Staples and get a second 30% off. So stock up now because you can't afford to run out of ink. Ends 4 14 18. See store associate or staples.com for details. Restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. If your vehicle isn't stopping like it used to, visit O'Reilly Auto Parts for the Spring Brake Deals event. Take advantage of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Do It Right rebate and get a $20 O'Reilly gift card by mail when you buy a set of Brake Best Select pads and a pair of rotors. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Washer Systems of Iowa, blasting grime and saving you time. At Washer Systems of Iowa, we have an experienced factory trained service department and will work on any American-made pressure washer. Washer Systems of Iowa featuring Mighty M Industrial Pressure Washers. Mighty M, built in Iowa, number one in Iowa. Washer Systems of Iowa. Visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines or online, washersystems.com. Join Coach Ben Jacobson, Fran McCaffrey, Steve Prohm, along with new Drake coach Darren DeVries, along with their wives as they form one team with the American Cancer Society for the 11th annual Coaches vs. Cancer Gala, presented by Hy-Vee on Friday, May 4th at the Ron Pearson Center in West Des Moines. A great opportunity to gather with friends, family, colleagues for an evening to honor those who are currently facing a journey with cancer, to celebrate all cancer survivors, and remember those who have lost the battle to cancer. Don't miss this special evening and the opportunity to make a difference for cancer patients and their families. Contact Katie Knutson at the American Cancer Society to purchase tickets. Call 515-727-0058 or visit coachesversecancergala.com. All of us parents have heard about skyrocketing college tuition costs and staggering student loan debt for graduates and naturally wonder, what can you do? We can help. Hi, this is Mike Hammond, owner of Advantage Financial and Tax Services located in West Des Moines. A 529 college savings plan allows parents or relatives to set aside money for their future college students and possibly save on taxes too. With an automatic monthly savings plan, this makes for a simple and steady way to add to this account. For information, visit AdvantageIowa.com or call 440 one one three three guys Trent Condon here again for new leaf wellness 
Warm weather is going to be here before you know it. And if you added some pounds during the winter, New Leaf Wellness can help you. Great treatment programs designed specifically for you. I'm on the Gak and Mick. It has helped me not just lose weight with my energy level. No more lulls in the afternoon. Give them a call today. Set up a free, no obligation consultation. 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Let's feel better together with New Leaf Wellness Centers. It's time for your daily dose of Cyclone coverage on 1700 KBGG. All right, everybody, welcome back in. We roll all the way till 6 o'clock right here on the Big Talker 1700. Always good when we have a chance to catch up with Matt Nelson, and we'll dive into some Cyclone things with him. Matt, how are you, and how disappointed are you that you're not going to get a spring football game, which was scheduled for tomorrow? Hey, guys, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I'm I'm great, and in, in terms of the spring game, it's, it's kind of funny. That just seems like it's the most Iowa State thing to happen. Uh, everyone gets excited about where the program should be in 2018, only to have the spring game get canceled. But I'm, I'm all right. It's a, it's a fun weekend in Ames still. There's some events going on, Size House of Trivia, something I've done for four years now, and should be a good weekend still. Yeah, I know a lot of people still making their way to Ames, going to be perhaps battling the weather. But, you know, the the frustration, I think, for the fan base has to be this is as much anticipation as I can remember in a long while for Iowa State football, expected to be a good team. People want to see this team, and your one opportunity in the spring isn't going to be there. Still, uh, Matt, I know you've been following things very closely. What's something that's jumped off the page to you as you've read what Matt Campbell's had to say, the reports from practice, those type of things? What's something that's made you maybe even more excited about this year's Cyclone football team? You know, it's a great question. I think it'd, it'd have to be the young guys. So uh, I think you can start with the defensive side of the ball in terms of uh, a guy like Braxton Lewis, who had to come in and start uh, last year in the Liberty Bowl when uh, Kamari Cotton-Moya was suspended. Uh, played well, I think made six tackles. Um, I think he's progressed a lot this spring. Uh, you can also talk about or- Orion Vance and Jake Hummel. They're both guys that he's mentioned at the linebacker position, both Iowa products, actually. Um, I think both of them will... Uh, we'll see the see time this year and probably split some of the reps that went to uh, Mr. Joel Lanning, who Iowa State will surely miss. Gee, I didn't I didn't really think we would say that about <laughs> linebacker Joel Lanning this time last year, um, yeah. but here we are. Uh, and then in terms of offense, you know, I I think uh, getting uh, Kanae Nwangu back is going to be really important just for all the different things they'll try to do with him. And then be remiss if I didn't mention the offensive line; um, they've got some. Some younger players who they really expect to, to step up this year. Uh, Jacob Bolton would be one of those guys. Um, and then uh, Colin Downing is another name that uh, I've heard a lot of really good things about. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, Campbell actually said he was the fourth best lineman on the team at the moment, which was, uh, that was really surprising to hear. Interesting, yeah. Um, where are you right now on this on this team? Will this be, despite the players that uh, Iowa State lost and two big stars, uh, is it going to be a better team? And will they not now be able to so-called sneak up on people when people think that they're going to get a lightweight in Iowa State? Instead, they get a really good football team that shows up. Yeah, again, excellent question. And I, I actually think a few things tie into this. So 
first of all, I think the floor is a lot higher. So, you know, going into last season, honestly, the, the floor for that team could have been three or four wins. And had injuries been prevalent and or had some of the close games that Iowa State did manage to win go the other way, that could have been where they landed. I think the floor is higher because a guy like Kyle Kemp is coming back. You've got a lot more depth on the offensive and defensive line. And really at every position, this is probably the most depth that an Iowa State team has had. And it's still not enough, quite frankly, because it's, again, we're Iowa State. But So I think because of that, the floor is higher. But uh, in terms of the ceiling, so you mentioned a few things that I think are really going to impact the way teams prepare for Iowa State. So the first is that they won't be surprised by what we've seen. You know, they've got more film on David Montgomery. They know a little bit more about Kyle Kemp. Um, Secondly, I think defensively, you know, Iowa State has a really good defense, and it'll be good again in 2018, but the formation and some of the plays that they used, I think were kind of new to everybody this past year. Um, So not only do I think teams will be ready for that, but I actually could see some teams adopting some of what Iowa State has used scheme-wise and and using it against Iowa State. So I think that could maybe impact the ceiling as well. Going to be a a fun one, no doubt. Uh, What's the concerning aspect? What's the one thing that you look at and and you say, I'm not sure, maybe a position group, is something that you saw a year ago. What is the one thing? And, and Matt, you are a Cyclone fan. You guys, and in general, are internally optimistic. On, But isn't there always that feeling, can it really be that good? It feels like that's also in the back of a lot of Cyclone fans' minds. Yeah, you know, and it always is. And in the past, I think a lot of this has been related to injury. And um, I guess with depth at quarterback and you've got a few running backs now that technically you've got three with with Nwangu healthy uh, to me it's not injuries that concern me uh, as much as it is uh, continuity so Iowa State's lost some coordinators and there's been some turnover especially uh, you know at, at receiver that I would consider pretty significant uh, same with the back end of the secondary losing uh, Kamari Katmoya, Everett Edwards um, and McEnroe Alexander so to me, it's, it's continuity. I know there are a lot of returning players, but can the new guys mesh well enough with some of the new position coaches? Because um, in my opinion, if this team doesn't reach their full potential, it's not really going to be due to schedule or to injuries. Uh, it's going to be due to just the way that things come together. You know, Maybe the, the defense won't be as solid as it was last year or we'll have trouble moving the ball offensively. To me, those are the concerns, and we'll really have to uh, – I was hoping to watch for things like that in the spring game, but I guess we'll have to see how the first uh, few games of the year play out. Uh, are you concerned about depth? And if so, which position bothers you the most? Yes. I, I, so I am concerned with the back end of the defense, number one. Um, personally, I think Brian Peavy and uh, DeAndre Payne are two of the best cornerbacks in the Big 12, and Brian Peavy is probably one of the top ten best corners in the country. Now, he's not Josh Jackson. He's got a little bit different playing style, but I, I think he's really good. Um, but behind them, I think there are, there are definitely concerns, especially with you when you look at the safety. So you've got Greg Eisworth, a junior college transfer coming in that will probably start right away because he's adjusted very well. Um, and then you've got freshmen and sophomores. And uh, while some of those guys have gotten reps, if they get hurt when you're playing freshmen or sophomores, that means the players behind them are even more green than they are. Um, so I think that's certainly a concern. Um, and then I, I would say um, probably the linebacker position as well. Um, again, re- two really good players anchor that unit in Willie Harvey and Marcel Spears, but you're going to have 
basically uh, rookies playing the middle linebacker spot and serving as backups for both of those positions. And last year, I think we saw just how important Marcel Spears is for that defense. And if uh, if he gets banged up, while Willie Harvey's still a solid, solid player, I think you know losing him could really impact the defense. But really, offensively, I, I don't have too many concerns. I think Iowa State's quarterback room is full. Um, they've got a lot of young talent at receiver that we started to see late last year. Uh, a guy like Deshante Jones, we didn't even hear from this past season. Um, so, an offensive line, I think they've got a lot of young players that are ready to play as well. So, really, there are some concerns defensively, but this is the best I've felt depth-wise about Iowa State in a long time. Yeah, they they have the look of a Big Twelve football team now, both along that offensive and defensive line, building depth, uh, an important cog in that one. Speaking of building depth, let's jump over to a little bit of basketball. Is that time of year once again transfers happening across the country a lot of names involved Iowa State has uh, jumped in the mix for Matt Mooney from South Dakota you have the uh, well, a couple of different names that have been out there right now what's at the top of your wish list for basketball right now Matt yeah that's a that's a great question I, I know that uh, they've really been um, taking a hard run at, at grad transfers and some sit-out transfers as well and um to me, it's, it's really a guard that can score. Um, and I, I say that because, um, you know, I think we've seen that Iowa State is certainly going to be capable in the post with Young and Laird and also adding Michael Jacobson, who's had a year to work on his offensive game. But I'm still in the camp that they need another guard and someone who can make plays at the wing. So for me, you have to look at uh, Prentice Nixon, the junior from Colorado State, um, and then Matt Mooney as well from South Dakota. Uh both guys that filled it up, I think they each average right around 17 points a game. Um, and I know that uh, Steve Prohm and company have really been after those guys. I think they've watched uh, Mooney two weeks in a row now. Um, so I, I think uh, we'll have a good shot at landing one of those. And I think Iowa State does need another guard. You know, it's interesting that you reference that, uh, that they need another guard. So do you believe that they have a shot at Mooney? Or... Do you think that, okay, he's just going to take his visits and really Iowa State is not really on his punch card? It's a tough question because what you mentioned does happen. Uh, sometimes I think transfers with uh, little interest in going to a school like Iowa State may may uh, allow to, you know, the coaches to recruit them or maybe even take a visit because it can kind of boost their stature and get them, get them noticed by uh, other yes. other programs. That's something that I think has happened to Iowa State plenty in the past. You know, I think they do have a shot at one of these guys, but um, quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if they go the the route of a player who can who can sit out this year and, and play in the future. Um, really, it depends on their comfort level with the freshmen. So if, if they pick up a grad transfer in the guard court, it'll allow them to ease someone like uh, Taylor Horton Tucker into the mix even though he kind of plays that wing spot or, you know, not put pressure on maybe needing uh, production out of someone like Tyrese Halliburton who needs to put on some size. So I think really it comes down to Prom's comfort level with his young players and what what he thinks he can maybe get out of a player like Terrence Lewis. But it may not be a great shot for the grad transfers like you mentioned with uh, Iowa State having a pretty full roster. All right, in our final minute with Matt Nelson, wide right, natty light, we're going to move away from the Cyclones. Minnesota Twins off to a good start. The T-Wolves are in the playoffs it's all coming up, Minnesota. You're a Minnesota sports fan. Quick hit on the T Wolves. They're in the playoffs. Any shot against the Rockets? Uh, unfortunately, probably very little. Oh, uh, yeah. 
It could be. I don't think it'll be all that ugly of a series, but, uh, boy, that, that team uh, just doesn't match up very well for Minnesota. All right, there with you. Hopeful, but uh, not overly optimistic. Well, that's the life of the Minnesota sports fan in general, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is, but uh, we've got reason for optimism with the Twins. They, they spent some money on their roster, and uh, they haven't hit very well to start spring, but, have, but are still uh, two games over five hundred. So I've been encouraged by what I've seen so far. Uh, me too. I think they got a, a real baseball team in Minnesota. I'm excited about it. Matt, we'll be talking a lot here throughout the summer months, and we'll talk some more Twins from time to time as well, if that works for you. That sounds great, man. I'd love to. Thanks for having me. That's Matt Nelson, wide right, natty light, Jimmy B here in our final moments before we uh, go over to the Hawkeye side of things. Cyclone spring game. I'm still disappointed we're not going to be able to see it. I'm very disappointed. Look, I, I like spring games because it gives you at least a peek at some of the players and you kind of get a feeling for have they gotten any better Talk. sports yeah we got all that online at 1700kbgg.com at wolf construction we do many large construction projects across the midwest but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today at wolf construction we believe in honest work a fair price and work we stand behind and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards for brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus, and online at therookiesportscards.com. For today, light showers possible this morning and isolated thunderstorms this afternoon, warm and windy with a high near 70. Severe weather possible this evening with scattered thunderstorms moving into central Iowa and a low near 44. I'm Local 5 meteorologist Taylor Knust. Sponsored by Credit Karma. Get your true free credit score and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma. Download the Credit Karma app today. Credit Karma. Get knowing. Attention golfers. We've got a sweet deal for you. It's the 2018 Clubhouse Card. The Clubhouse Card goes on sale Monday, April 23rd at 9 a.m. Look for the Sweet Deals tab on this station's website to grab yours. Do you want to have the opportunity to try out Central Iowa golf courses for 50% off? Then this deal is for you. Spring is here and it's your chance to play golf at some of Central Iowa's best courses. When you purchase a clubhouse card, you receive a round of golf with cart to each of the courses for 50% of the cost. Try out courses like Terrace Hills in Pleasant Hill, Westwood in Newton, Willow Creek, West Des Moines, Bosland in Pella, River Valley in Adel, and Amana Colonies. Golf season officially starts soon. So what better way to get ready for the season than by purchasing the 2018 clubhouse card? These cards will go fast, so plan to get yours before they're gone. On sale Monday, April 23rd at 9 a.m. at this station's website under the Sweet Deals tab. Villaggio Italian Restaurant brings real homemade Italian to you. 
fantastic food, great service, and an elegant vibe that feels like home. All your favorites from the original in Norwalk and an expanded menu with the newest location on 100th Street in Urbandale. Plus, one of the best happy hours in the metro from 3 to 6 each weekday. When you're thinking Italian, make it Villaggio. Pizza, pasta, sandwiches, and more. Two locations, Sunset Drive in Norwalk and 100th Street in Urbandale. Villaggio Italian Restaurant. My name is Becky Mumi, and I'm with the Sparkle Run. This is our fifth year of the Sparkle Run in memory of Aaron Mumi, who passed away from leukemia in October of 2013. The Sparkle Run benefits local nonprofits who support families affected by childhood cancer. This year's event is on Sunday, May 6th, and will benefit the Pinky Swear Foundation, who supports families through rent and mortgage payments, car payments, insurance, child care, and gas cards. We will have family activities and packet pickup from 12 to 2 p.m., a 5K walk and run at 2 p.m., and a one-mile fun run at 3 p.m. All this is held at DMAC in Ankeny. For more information or to register, go to getmeregister.com backslash the sparkle run. Hey guys, Nate Adams. Buying jewelry can be scary. When I was ready to propose, I went online first, but then I stopped by Christopher's Fine Jewelry. Christine showed me the four C's and helped me understand what I was buying. I got a ring that my wife loves to this day and a relationship with a local jeweler that is so important. If you're ready to propose, go to Christopher's today. Special engagement pricing going on now through April 30th. Learn more at Christopher'sJewelry.com. To enjoy life indoors during Iowa's hottest months, call Logier Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save $3,400 or more with combined rebates on a new Dave Lennox signature system from Logier. Check out LogierHeatingCooling.com for details. For over 110 years, Logier has made Central Iowans happy inside. See customer reviews on Google, Facebook, and the Des Moines BBB website. Call Logier at 267-1000. We make you happy inside. It's time for your daily dose of Hawkeye coverage on 1700 KBGG. Welcome back and to talk uh, some Hawkeyes right now in hour number one as we got Derek Peck in here from Hawkeye Heaven. You can find the work of the guys over at Hawkeye Heaven doing a great job building up that site, HawkeyeHeaven.net. And each and every week, have an opportunity to do uh, a podcast with Derek, really enjoying that. This week, we talked with Aaron White, the former Hawkeye. Our conversations presented by Murphy Tower Service. DP, fun podcast this week, and uh, good to hear from Aaron White, doing some good things overseas. Yeah, Trent, it was a, it's been a blast doing these podcasts with you, and you know, it's been fun having some of the guests that we've had on, and, and uh, yeah, you know, just, I was just thinking about what Aaron gets to do. It'd be pretty crazy to uh, be in the Euro League like that, and you know, you just, oh, just randomly having a away game in Italy, and then in Germany, and then in Prague or Prague, or, you know, I mean, just uh, the away games there are on a different level than what, what we're used to around here. Yeah, a little bit better than making your way to Champaign, Illinois, or, or making your way to East Lansing. <laughs> oh, we're just going to Milan for a couple of days, play a couple of games. Uh, yeah, just a, a little bit different level when you're playing over there. And uh, yeah, again, you can catch those, just all, all your normal podcast feeds, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it may be. Just search Hawkeye Heaven, you can find those podcasts. And we've had a lot of great guests, but you know, kind of a different tone this week uh, from Iowa basketball. And we're trying to wrap our mind around this week. So you have the awards banquet on Tuesday. Jordan Bohannon, he wins the Chris Street Spirit Award. No surprise there after what happened. 
But uh, a couple of comments that came out, the register had a couple reporters over there. They talked to the guys. And then it comes out a day later in a completely different tone. Have you been able to wrap your mind around what's going on? It just It's so odd to have that kind of reaction from the University of Iowa in the basketball program. Right, yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, it's been a... It's been a bizarre week uh, for the basketball program. I, you know, I'm really starting to feel. I'm really starting to feel like there's a pretty good chance Tyler Cook's not going to be back next season, and you know that was kind of my takeaway from it, especially in the one day turnaround, the shift in Cordell Pimsel's apparent decision. Um, you know, going from being really undecided or sounding really undecided to apparently being 100 percent committed to Iowa basketball in a matter of one night uh it was just just kind of bizarre but uh the only thing i can think about that is that the pencil decision is really hinging on whether or not tyler cook returns and you know when he came back out and they say he's now 100 percent committed it makes me think that uh we're probably looking at a season where tyler cook is gone here so uh, we'll see what happens but certainly it's been a strange week and, and i i haven't been able to completely wrap my head around it Oh, I'm sure it's difficult uh, for uh, Hawk fans to understand everything. Look, uh, Cook uh, said that he wasn't going to go play at Missouri, but he never said he was. <laughs> he wasn't going to come back and play for Iowa. So I think you're pretty well with that perception. Uh, I think he's gone. But I think he's. Fine. I think he's ready to make some money. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sense. That's just the sense I get. I think he's ready to make some money getting playing basketball. He's. You know. That, that's just a. And and good for him, you know. I mean, I, I can't. I'm not in a position to judge anybody, but that's just kind of the way I feel about it right now. So, I think it's interesting also that Pemsel uh, kind of uh, did that so quickly once he found out. Right. I think he knows. Yeah, that he knows that Cook is not coming back, so he knows there's going to be minutes for him. If that's the case. Can you look at the lineup on that front right line right now and see how it would shake out? Well, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be Garza, Nungi, and Pemsel. I mean, I think those are going to be the three guys that get the most minutes. And certainly, you know, with Cook not being in the picture, if if he decides not to be in the picture, that makes Pemsel's minutes look a lot better this coming season. And uh, you know that would be as good of an opportunity anywhere in the country that he'd find as far as getting minutes for a you know a power five basketball team. So I think it would be uh, I don't think it'd be a good decision for him to transfer if, if Tyler Cook leaves because he's got a great opportunity right in Iowa City where he's at. Um, but you know it, it's just really interesting how things have played out. They've gone from having way too much depth down low to it now being sort of a question mark. So uh, you know I think Garza's obviously got that number five, you know, that five spot down and then uh the four spot will probably be a bit of a rotation uh, especially when you consider the fact that iowa has kind of you know a handful of those stretch type players who who could play for if being asked to but and i think uh i think nungi and and Penzel would certainly be the first two options there yeah a different look after what we talked about last year and suddenly it, it flips and it changes and and that very well could be the case when you look at going forward, uh, what they have in terms of depth and and maybe a lot more guys in the guard court, something that's a complete inverse of what they were 
a year ago. I, I know there's going to be a lot of talk of what needs to change, what's going to be different, and uh, looking forward to those conversations. But what to go over to a little bit of football with you and uh, talk a little bit about some spring football. Earlier this week, it was Ken O'Keefe along with Keaton Copeland, the uh, quarterback and wide receiver coach, respectively, talking to the media. But the one thing that busted out, Derek, they're talking about speed. This is speed, been, yeah. yeah this is, I mean, <laughs> people have been asking for speed for years, and and maybe Iowa actually has that in the wide receiver ranks. Yeah, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. But <laughs> I, that's just because I, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm just playing it safe. But uh, I, I like the potential that I see there, and I certainly, it, it is easy to believe it when you, when you just look on paper and you see what those younger guys did last year, especially Smith Marset. I mean, you could tell just by watching him run and, um, you know, make plays as a true freshman that, that he had more speed than, than anyone we've seen at wide receiver for a little while. And then obviously Brandon Smith has, you know, just a different, a different combination of tools that we've seen. I mean, even you have to go back a long ways to find a Iowa wide receiver that's 6'3", 215 pounds and has huge hands like Brandon Smith does. So uh, it was, yeah, it, I, it, it made me optimistic. I mean, Kelton Copeland seemed optimistic. Kirk Parents, you know, seemed optimistic. I mean, I, I think it could be really interesting watching this offense develop when you look at, at the tools they have out wide. And then obviously the, uh, you got a guy like Noah Fant at tight end, you know, TJ Hawkinson at tight end. Uh, Stanley with a with a U under his belt already, and then I think I think what will end up being a couple good options in the backfield. Uh, it, it could really end up being a, a a good offense out of this Iowa team, and if they can, you know, just just muster up a, a solid defense like they seem to do most years, then you know maybe we could see this Iowa team get over that eight or nine win hump. Are you? Do you really believe that they would? tweak the offense just because they had a little more speed at wide receiver don't you see it pretty much i mean you you got a chance to see son and dad operate last year do you think that dad will let son do even more offensively or will he present it and then it'll get nixed <laughs> you know i mean i i think that we saw brian ferentz at least most in most games last year, I think we saw, you know, a fifty-fifty run-pass oriented offense, and he certainly wasn't afraid to take shots. They didn't hit on many of them, but uh, they weren't afraid to do that. So I do think that we'll see, you know, Kirk let loose or loosen the reins up a little bit for Brian, and I I think we'll see him take some more shots, and I hope that they're a little bit more comfortable on those deep passes because uh, it was pretty ugly at least early on in the season last year. Stanley did get a little bit more accurate with them later on in the season. But, you know, Ken O'Keefe commented on that in his press conference as well, and he even shouldered some of the blame, but I think part of that's just a, it's just sort of a coach's responsibility to take the pressure off of his players. But, you know, he just said the timing wasn't there. And, you know, part of that's family being you know, a first-year quarterback. Part of it's, you know, you got to get used to your drops. you got to get used to your foot you know, your reads and, and then and then what time you, you release that ball and you could definitely tell that it was just off. So I, I do think Ferentz will loosen it up a little bit and you know, for him to be saying these things already at this time of year, it means they, they must be seeing some some playmaking in practice that is giving them some confidence there. So 
I think they'd be stupid not to. I mean, I, I really do. When you, when you look at the tight ends that they have, if these wide receivers are making plays, I mean, you might as well open it up and then and then give your running back some more space um, once you get the defense to back off a little bit. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. It could be exciting. It's been a long time since we've had an offseason where we were talking about Iowa wide receivers. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. at, at least in any kind of positive form. Correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we've talked about him just, just <laughs> not with true. the positive aspect that's been along with it. We're talking right now with Derek Peck from HawkeyeHeaven.net. You can find his work over there presented by Murphy Tower Service. All right, DP, let's uh, continue on here on the football front. And, you know, Jim asked a question about the offense, and I think you saw plenty of evolution from what Greg Davis was back to uh, maybe what people have grown accustomed to under Ken O'Keefe. And O'Keefe's back now as a quarterback's coach. You're seeing that, taking shots down the field, actually utilizing the middle of the field, something we didn't see. But one thing, even with the positive moments and putting 44 on the board against Iowa State, 55 against uh, Ohio State, is Wisconsin. The, the big behemoth in the West and the 3-4 defense and the cutting style. We saw Iowa a little bit more as the year went on a year ago, go away from the traditional zone-blocking scheme, go a little bit more man, hat-on-hat, along that offensive line. Do you think that's something that they're really working on, figuring out ways that they can try to just slow down that 3-4 defense that has been so difficult from Wisconsin? And, and if it is the case, do you think they're close to maybe starting to at least put some kind of positive momentum going forward there? Well, I mean, I, I hope so, because that, you know, if not, those games are borderline unwatchable. I mean, I, it just makes you want to throw the remote through the TV when you're seeing Iowa's <laughs> offense go three and out, you know, four quarters in a row and, and muster 70 or 80 yards of total offense. It's just, it's really hard to watch. So, you know, I think as, as, as much of it is, you know, schematically up front, a big part of that has also been Iowa's lack of a, of a threat at wide receiver and in the passing game. I'm not, you know, we, we, we just talked about that, but I, I think that'll be key against the Wisconsin team is just making them respect what you can do in the passing game. And they just haven't had to do that for a couple of years now. So, you know, if Hawkinson and Fant and Smith and Smith Marset and, you know, those type, of, those type of guys can really prove to be deep threats consistently, then I think that'll open up the running game and then it'll allow Iowa's offense to, to actually put some points on the board against Wisconsin, which, you know, I mean, you've got to give the Badgers credit. They always have a really good defense, but, you know, you're not going to be able to line up hat on hat no matter what your schemes are up front and run against Wisconsin if they don't respect the passing game. So I really think that's where it all starts. Do you believe with with what you have been hearing and having an opportunity to kind of gleam with another year from the starting quarterback in Nate Stanley, do you believe that Iowa then is the second best team in the West following Wisconsin, or is there somebody else that would be that team? You know, that's a that's a tough question. I. I think that I was in contention there. I mean, I definitely do. I, Scott Frost in Nebraska makes me a little nervous. I mean, I really, I really thought UCF. I mean, you know, you look back; they they had a legit argument about a national championship, you know, contender and uh, what he did with them, you know. And then you you give him the tools that he has to work with at Nebraska, uh, and that scares me. I don't think he'll be able to turn things around in one year as much as as much as you think. So. Certainly this year, I think Iowa's in contention for that, that you know, second-best-in-the-West spot. But 
uh, it still goes through Madison as far as I'm concerned. And then we'll see, we'll see if Michigan State can turn it around. And, uh, you know, certainly Minnesota is going to want to make a run for it, too. That, I don't know if you guys saw that catch that that kid from Minnesota yes. made at their spring practice, but that was a hell of a play. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Thought all Dale Beckham was playing there for Minnesota for a moment when I saw that catch. <laughs> you know, and then TJ Hawkinson made a heck of a play for the Hawks, so too. They've been releasing that one on Twitter as well. Always good stuff, and we're just looking for any little glimmer that we can find. Right. DP, uh, well, we'll see a little more than a glimmer next Friday as the uh, final practice of the spring and open practice over in Iowa City. Looks like, at least now, the extended forecast looks like the weather is uh, going to be able to hold out and, and we'll be able to get, see some good things and see some Hawkeyes out there on the field. Good stuff, as always. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for your time today, Derek. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Derek Peck joining us, HawkeyeHeaven.net. You can find the Hawkeye Heaven podcast there, and including iTunes, Stitcher, and all the podcast platforms. And uh, you can find their work, HawkeyeHeaven.net. Presented by Murphy Tower Service. Their apprenticeship program continues on. You're looking for a new job? Know somebody in that market? Earn while you learn with Murphy Tower Service. Online at murphytower.com. Jimmy B., I, I got to tell you, you know, the, yeah. the the offense, it was different a year ago. And and the reins, and now you go into year two of Brian Ferentz. Second year, you change the terminology, you go through that, some growing pains last year. But you don't, you don't anticipate they're going to take another step forward this year? No. I would hope that they would take another step forward, Trent, uh, on the offensive side. Uh, and and they have the quarterback who apparently uh, I'm sure that he's going to be better than he was last year. At least you would hope so. In Nate Stanley, I'm I'm just concerned that even if Brian Ferentz decides, all right, this is the offensive game plan, that Kirk's going to look at it and go, all right, we're not going to run this, and we're not going to run that, and we're certainly not going to run this. I I mean I don't know that obviously to be a fact, but. Those are the, some of the things that you have to think about if you're an Iowa fan. And look, I thought I thought that Brian Ferentz was absolutely brilliant uh, in the Iowa State game and the Ohio State game, and it, it seemed like he really had command of exactly what he wanted to run almost on on each play. And I hope that that translates into making it more exciting football. I think the fans deserve that instead of three yards and a cloud of dust. And I thought that what Derek talked about against Wisconsin, you cannot have 70 or 80 yards right. uh, for offense in a football game. You just can't. Yeah, the, the Wisconsin and, game was a disaster. I mean, it, it goes without was. That, yep. that was yes, it an was. unmitigated yep. disaster. But yep. there's enough hope. And remember, early in the season. There is hope there. Yes, there they, is. They lost both of their tackles. Very, Very early, early in the, the season, they lost both of their tackles. And that's another thing that you look at now. Both those guys will be sophomores now. They got experience. There were bright moments. There were certainly plenty of downtimes, too. But year number two, a lot of times you're going to see the leap. We'll see. Well, overall, when you look at the offensive numbers last year, Iowa was 116th in the country in total offense. Obviously, that needs to get better. And I don't think anybody thinks that they're going to be in the top 20 in the country or anything like that. But if you could become middle of the pack and what the way the Iowa is built, 
now you really have something. And I don't think it's a big hope to to Iowa being in the top 60 in the country in total offense. Well, they're 116th last year. Would be a leap. But I think that's a baseline that you certainly can shoot for. We're overdue for a break. We're coming back. We're back with more in a moment.